podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. Game one under our belts. Seahawks come away with a victory. We start the season 1-0, and beat the Colts. Keith, welcome in. Yeah, it's a great way to start the year. Um, I got to tell you, it was um, it was a fairly not stressful game. Um, kind of just had that uh, Seahawks were the better team start to finish. They didn't, like, you know, step on the throats of the Colts when they had the chance, which was a little frustrating, but... Uh, at the same time, and they didn't let really let the Colts back in it either. And so uh, they just cruised through with a, a pretty easy win. Yeah. You know, great way to start the year, right? Just kind of yeah. ease into it. I'm sure we'll have some of those games uh, going forward. And, you know, the great thing about this game was the fact that it was just so balanced. You know, yeah. the offense looked good. The defense looked good. Special teams was, was great. Um, there was no real glaring weaknesses. Um, all across the board. So it was just kind of a fantastic way to start the year. And, and um, the Colts, you know, they were projected and probably still are to be a 10-11 win team, make the playoffs, all that kind of stuff. So this was no oh, yeah. slouch. Uh, but given the fact that we beat them and beat them fairly soundly, given, you know, the score was was even lower um, until late, um, was really, you know, a testament to how good I think the Seahawks uh, seem to be this year and um, really gives me a lot of optimism. However, with that said, the entire NFC West won their games this this week. A couple of teams looked absolutely outstanding doing so as well, especially, I think, um, Arizona. You know, I, Arizona I, I looks talked, surprisingly good. Well, I don't know if it's so surprising. I mean, I live down here. I kind of see it. I read about stuff all the time. I listen to a little bit of of, of things that are going on and I just honestly believe that this might be the year where they kind of turn it around and kind of make everything happen together. In the first game, if that's any indication, they could be on their way. <clears throat> this could be one of the very first divisions in NFL history to send all four teams to a to the playoffs because um, all it's four teams time. are that good. It's the first time it's a possibility with three well teams. That is very true. That is very true. So, um, so today is a. Uh, game review show, and uh, so we're just going to kind of go through the game, uh, get our feelings out about what we saw, go into some stats about what actually happened, and um, just kind of start the week off in that way. So where do you want to start, Keith? Um, let's just start with Wilson and the offense, because the the offense came out clicking, um, and you know they looked really efficient. First two drives, both went down for touchdowns. Um, and it didn't really start the first, the first drive didn't really start out that way. And that you had, um, a couple of, 
you know, you got a penalty and, and some stuff, and it looked like they could maybe could have gone three and out. And after uh, the Colts had that nine-minute drive, the Seahawks offense could not go three and out. And so after a little bit of a, you know, couple of off plays, they, they got the first down, and then they just started to roll. And they rolled not only down the field for that touchdown, but down the field again on the next drive for another touchdown. Um, and it just looked easy. And that's kind of the important part. It just looked easy. Yeah. And well, the cool thing was, and we hadn't seen Russell Wilson in this offense, nor any of the other starters on the offensive side of the ball um, throughout the preseason. So it was really nice to see everyone just kind of fall into sync. Um, Russell Wilson showed complete command of the new offense, um, which was just outstanding. You know, they started um, getting up to the line of scrimmage. I noticed like with 12, 14 seconds left in the play clock, which enabled Russ to to go up and audible several different times into different plays, depending on the looks that the defense was giving them. They'd mentioned in the post press conferences that um, Shane Waldron and, and Russ are just really on the same page, and um, it it showed. It really did show as far as um, you know, calling plays, changing out of plays. Um, it it showed when the plays were actually in motion, the the multiple levels of the play designs that Shane Waldron has now, where um, instead of having three wide receivers all in the same space, you've got you've got everything really nice and layered. So you've got a short, medium, and long option on mm-hmm. almost every passing down for Russ to be able to, you know, pick and choose where he wants to go, including a run option you know, to bail on a play if he needs to. So really a lot there to kind of absorb. And I really loved what I saw overall, just an overall impression. I really enjoyed watching the play calls out of this offense. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, you know, they, they did kind of, I think they probably made some fans nervous by running the ball, um, a reasonable amount on that first drive. And, and, um, we're like, Oh no, are there, are they going to, do the you know the the Pete Carroll thing and, and run themselves into inefficiency, but they you know they got out of out, out of that they, they really made it work as a as a balance uh, ran a, off a lot of play action it just it just worked really well for them in this game. Yeah, you know, and and Carson had a great game. Even you know if they decided to stick with the run, Carson was having a day. Mm-hmm. Ended up sixteen and ninety one. Uh, for 91 overall, 5.7 uh, yards per carry. Some of that came from that 130-plus yard scamper that he had. I, show, I thought he showed a lot of aggressiveness, a lot of will to kind of make some plays out of seemingly nothing, um, and just really kind of power through a lot of um, a lot of defenders to to pick up extra yards. And after not seeing Carson for a full off season and nothing in the preseason. It was really nice to see that um, the old Chris Carson just come back and really kind of take over oh, the yeah. running game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, watching him run has always been fun, but man, it was, it was just, he just had an energy and, you know, you could see like um, he just comes in and, and, and people feed off of him and, and there's a reason why they re-signed him. And it wasn't just, uh, you know, cause they were worried about, Oh, we have to run the ball. No, he he is individually a guy that that is important to the team because of the energy he brings, and it just feeds over into other players. And it's really like 
it's really important. And and he ran hard. Um, they were able to to get him out and not like run him into the ground, even though he still had 91 yards, which is great. Um, but they, you know, they they mixed it around quite a bit. I mean, D. Eskridge had uh, two runs for 22 yards um, going around the end. Um, Swain had a run. DJ Dallas had a run. Um, Penny had two before his injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they, they they were able to get 27 runs for 140 yards. That's phenomenal production out of a ground game, but they did it without running Chris Carson into the ground, but he was still super productive. And, and so it's like this great balance for them to have. Well, and that's the thing with Wilson too. He only had 23 attempts. Mm-hmm. So you combine that with the, with the, just the few running plays, see the Seahawks were ultra efficient, which we've been talking about in the off season, you know, 18 to 23, 254 with four touchdowns, zero interceptions. He did get four sacks, took, took one of those on purpose, but um, overall though, just a really nice balanced attack. And with the plays that they did call, you know, they were averaging close to eight yards per play um, in, in this game. And um, they, he had a tremendous throw to uh, Tyler Lockett. I was just kind of yelling out loud in celebrity right before like the, celebration, right before the end of the first half. Yeah, my kid, oh, you know, man. was in the other room, just going, "What the heck's going on?" Um, but that play was just gorgeous. It was a yeah. beautiful, you know, design play to get Tyler Lockett isolated. And man, he just he puts uh, the guy on his heels and turned up um, towards the middle of the field, and he was gone. And Russell Wilson, just beautiful throw, just laid it right in there. And um, so I love that. And a couple big ones to lock it. Um, both of it, both lock. And that touchdown. Touchdowns. Yeah, that yep. touchdown where he w- made the adjustment mid-throw, mid-air uh, to turn. That's really, really difficult to do. And he made mm-hmm. it look like it was so easy. It was just, it was nuts. Yeah. I mean, so... Lockett went for a hundred yards. He had four catches um, on five targets. So, I mean, that's super efficient, um, two touchdowns. And then Metcalf didn't do, he wasn't really a part of anything in the first half, which was kind of surprising, but then you watch what the defense was doing and they were rolling coverage to Metcalf over and over and over again. He was getting double covered. The reason why Lockett was so open on those big plays was because the We've lost Keith. I don't know if everyone can hear Keith or not. Um, have no audio from Keith whatsoever, so we'll we'll kind of try to figure that out. Um, yeah, no, Medcalf had four for 60 uh, touchdown. That was all in the second half. Disley came through with three for 37. Um, Carson had three catches out of the backfield for 26. Everett, which I thought was real impressive, especially the play designs around Everett. Um, two catches, 20 yards, one touchdown. Eskridge, um, six yards on a, on a single uh, reception. He did have the two carries on the fly sweeps. And then Dallas, a uh, single catch out of the backfield. So that was the production on the offensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, or the defensive side of the ball, I should say, Seattle just really did a great job consistently putting pressure on uh, Wentz. And, um, and so, Keith, you're back? I'm back. Oh, yay. There you go. <laughs> your audio is not matching up to your video yet, but I think I can hear you. So we'll just go from there. And so I've switched over to the defensive side of the ball. We're just talking about the consistency of the pass rush against uh, Carson Wentz right now and um, holding that um, 
that overall offense down as well, including um, their rushing attack with Taylor. Um, they averaged just 3.8 yards per carry against Seattle with Taylor having 17 carries for 56 yards and a 3.3 yards per uh, carry. That's um, good because because Taylor is a fantastic back and that is an offensive line, which is touted as one of the league's best. I mean, now granted, I know they were missing their, their, their left tackle because um, Fisher was out and, and not ready to play. Um, but the other four members of that line are also very good and Taylor is outstanding and they just couldn't get a running game going, which says a lot about Seattle's defensive front. And yeah. then you look at the, especially in the second half, the pressure that they put on Wentz was fun to watch. Well, it was fun because it just kind of played in exactly to the uh, setup we had on the, on the game preview show where we did talk about the strategy that Seattle would likely employ in this game, which would be to shut down Taylor and force Wentz to start throwing the ball and playing catch up with Seattle's offense, which is exactly what happened in this game. That enabled Seattle to really kind of pin their ears back a little bit, had the three sacks, seemed like more. We had 10 hits on Carson, and all 10 just missed. You know, they never got flagged for a late hit or anything on um, Carson Wentz. And all those hits came right as he was releasing the ball. And I, I'm guaranteeing you right now, Carson Wentz, right this very minute, is in an ice bath in isolation <laughs> because yeah. of all those hits. I mean, he is not he is happy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he is very sore today. So yeah. there is that. Me, You know, with that said, though, I will give him credit. You know, he hung in there. His, his line wasn't really doing the great job for him that he expected out of that line kind of coming into this thing. And um, he still got the ball out fairly effectively for as much pressure as he was under. Um, six receptions, 60 yards for Jonathan Taylor led them. Their other running back, uh, Naheim Hines, had six receptions as well. Zach Pascal looked really good, actually in the receptions he did have, but Seattle limited him to four receptions overall and 43 yards. He did pick up the two touchdowns and then everyone else was just fairly ineffective, including and we talked about this, their tight end group, their tight ends ended up with three receptions overall, 21 yards, all of them going to Jack Doyle. Yeah. And um, yeah, there, it's not the greatest collection of weapons uh, in Andy, but um, I'll still look at, at, you know, Wentz, you know, it, uh, 25 um, out of 38, which is 65.8%, 251 yards. He didn't throw an interception. He had two touchdowns. That's, right. a, pretty, that's a pretty good game. I mean, the yards per attempt at 6.6 is, is low, and you'd like to see that up more if you're uh, a Colts fan. But um, overall, that's a pretty effective game. But he you, would, was, you would think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty effective game for him. And he did that while under con- – constant pressure especially in the second half the the defense just really got after him in ways that were very fun to watch so let's talk about that just just for a while so what were your overall impressions about seattle's pass rush in this first game like it did it live up to your expectations did it surpass your expectations like what what was your overall impression well they struggled a bit in the first half and you know the they just couldn't get off the field there was uh you know, the Colts opened the game with a nine-minute drive. Granted, it, it ended in a field goal because they bogged down, um, you know, near the goal line. But it was a nine-minute drive. You and I talked about that, and and oh. we thought that that might be an issue for this defense. Um, I really did think, though, that they came back and actually improved 
almost oh, yeah. the entire time after that point. Yep. Yeah. And so just, you know, yeah, they, they, they also, you know, at the, after that gave up, you know, two more touchdowns over the course of the game, but it's a good offense. I mean, it's a good offense with a good offensive line and a pretty good quarterback. And so you're going to give up points, but they got after, um, they, you know, they stopped the run. They got after Carson Wentz. I like what I saw from the pass rush, mainly because I liked what I saw in terms of lots of guys getting involved. It wasn't just Dunlap, you know, being a dominant force on, on the side. Um, you know, you saw Taylor get in there with a big sack where he just completely pancaked uh, the right tackle and and then went yeah. in and got it. You and, had, Mon- and Monet had a really nice pancake thing uh, yeah. against their center and, and just completely went in there. And it, he didn't get the sack, but he got no, the hit and but he, just buried. Went. Nobody, nobody wants to have um, a 360-pound defensive tackle buried. And did you see how quickly he got there? Like, yeah. he literally made one move and went like he got around that center in like a split second and he was he was bearing down hard on Wentz and yeah uh, I mean he, actually he looked he looked pretty explosive in this game he may, had a a couple of of plays where he was in the backfield I mean the idea that he's just this big space eater that is going to take up you know take up space and and, and be that guy in the middle to stop the run like he definitely said no that's not just who he is because he blew up some some runs, he got in there. He didn't get the sack, like you said, but he crushed Wentz on that play. And yeah, that he was finished fun with five see. five tackles, three pressures, and a quarterback hit. I mean, that's yeah. Brian Monet we're talking about. There. We're not just talking about a run stuffer. Um, three pressures yeah. and a hit. That's that's crazy to get production from him on that. And if that can happen, like consistently, this this defensive line is actually really formidable. Um, mm-hmm. And then. What we saw from Rasheem Green, like his name just kept coming up over and it over did. during this game. Although, although the announcers never got it right. I know he, they started calling him Raheem. They called him like, Raheem, Raheem Green the entire game, and it yeah. it just drove me nuts. <laughs> uh, I'm sure, I'm sure the his teammates um, once they found out about that are giving him a hard time. Yeah, but he's wearing a name tag at practice today that says Raheem on it. Um, the only but, thing that I was disappointed in on the entire defensive line was the the fact that we didn't use Alton Robinson more in this game. Like he, yeah. he was pro football focus's highest rated defensive player on Seattle's defense. And I think he sniffed the field for like 15 plays or four play or, you know, six plays or something like that. But on those six plays, the six pass rushing opportunities, he had like, you know, four pressures and in mm-hmm. and, and a hit or something like that. So and Daryl yeah, Taylor too had a fantastic start. Oh man, Daryl Taylor had a fantastic game. Um, just in in lots of different ways. Um and which is the key right yeah, there. Lots is, of different ways. He is gonna be such a huge part of this defense. Uh, although and go back to a you know, a year ago and we were everyone was talking about how you know another bad seahawk draft and they they wasted a first you know use a first round pick on a on a linebacker and even if he's really good like you don't do you don't waste first round picks on linebackers especially ones that aren't you know premier pass rushers and well and how all about that. we waste waste a first round pick on a premier pass rusher you know quote unquote collier was a healthy scratch we'll have to talk about that in a minute yeah but let's go back um, to taylor really quick well, yeah, and, and so I was thinking as I was, uh, you know, um, Brooks, Taylor, and Robinson 
were all in that uh, 2020 draft class. I mean, that is a really nice Solid. draft and that class. Comes, and that, that comes defense. proceeding, you know, after years of failure in that department. Not, not even really failure so much as just not even trying. I mean, we did try with uh, Malik McDowell. Uh, we talked about Collier just a second ago. We'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like it's just been a failure, you know. And um, and now we've got those three players in the fold, and they all look like they're going to be really good. Yeah, and they all especially really Brooks good. and and possibly Taylor Brooks looks like a Pro Bowl level type linebacker. Oh yeah, he um, he had the same stat line as uh, Bobby Wagner. Um, I guess in the end, uh, so Brooks had seven tackles, Wagner had six, but they gave they gave Wagner seven assists. Uh, yes. And it's only four. So it ends up being more, but at the same time, like the, when I, I saw it, I thought it was 13 and 13 It's 13 and 11. So it's pretty close, but you had those two linebackers just being super productive all over the field. And that is a nice, combination. you know, the, the nice thing about now, Bobby Wagner did all of his work just inside a really fairly narrow box, but, mm-hmm. but Brooks is on the outside and he's got that sideline to sideline stuff. He prevented like three or four first downs on his tackles alone in yeah. this game, which is just really impactful. And those don't get counted in the stats. But when you take a look at what prevented those first downs and his 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 numbers on those things, and um, that's just comes up huge for the Seahawks. And when you get have a guy like that, you can count on. Then you add Daryl Taylor on the other side. Dropping back into coverage, Russ and rushing the passer, setting the edge on the runs. Um, I just think the sky's the limit. And I heard Pete say um, that Daryl Taylor had the single best training camp out of any player for the, for the Seahawks this summer. Yeah, I heard him say that in the, in the press conference as well. And the thing is, like, I'm not going to disagree with it. He looked great in camp when I was there. I mean, they didn't have him doing all the linebacker things uh, when I was there. He was playing defensive end that day, but uh, clearly they moved him around. They asked him to learn a lot of different things and and he's got to play three different positions, um, you know, in this defense. And he has a good enough mastery on it that they trust him. And he's just in there making plays. So uh, it's phenomenal, phenomenal game. So out of this game, Keith, what were the, what was the most impressive thing that you saw? Um, I think I would go with um, just the consistent pressure on Wentz, in the in, especially in the second half. It wasn't oh they got pre- you know he's got I don't time think it was he's got time he's half. got time he's got time oh but then right. they get a snack right no right. it's he he drops back and he's under pressure and he gets the ball away but it's not as accurate or he doesn't, it doesn't get to go where he wants with it. He has got to check it down. Um, There were three or four incompletions that were caused by, by pressure, you know, by pressure and hits and, and uh, just getting there just a a split second late or uh, batting the ball down. Um, Just, I just fantastic. I totally agree with you. That was just one of those things that I was hopeful for because when you take a look at it on paper, all off season, it's it's great. It sounds great. We're kind of going against the, um, the the norm, if you will, on this thing, where all the outside pundits are saying this defense is going to be the Achilles' heel for for Seattle, and we're on the inside going no. 
actually the, the 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 pass rush looks improved compared to last year and we finished really strong mm-hmm. um this thing has a lot of potential but we need to see it on the field we need to see daryl taylor we need to see if alton robinson's going to come in and do it does benson mayo still have anything left in the tank after and the, an- his and the answer year? was the answer was yes he does yes. i mean and the, Dunlap, too yeah you you saw i mean this is using benson mayo in exactly the correct way he plays about 10 to 15 snaps a game he, uh, in obvious passing situations, third and long, and you just tell him to go eat. Um, don't He doesn't have the responsibility of a running lane or anything like that. Just he's a pass rusher and nothing else. Um, and when you use him in that way, he's going to be really productive when he's on the field. And we saw that. He got a couple of good pressures, and then he got that sack where he just looked fast around that corner. And... Um, yeah, I mean, it's just how about on the offensive side of the ball? Talk to me a little bit about what you saw from Shane Waldron. And this is the first time you've really had a chance to see that sort of action, see mm-hmm. how it worked with Wilson, see how it worked with the receivers and the tight ends specifically. There were a couple plays that were designed for Gerald Everett that it impressed me the most about how they're going to use him and the upside that he gives His this touch. offense that we didn't have last year. His touchdown uh, specifically, I thought, was such a cool design play because they're 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 in there with two tight ends and um, two two receivers, and so you've got Metcalf on one side, which pulls the safety over. So you've got two tight ends and Lockett on the other, and instead of putting Lockett on the outside and having the two tight ends in the middle, um, Everett's lined up all the way on the outside. Lockett's in the middle between the two, and Disley's uh, lined up, you know, kind of in the slot because not on, on the line and then they bring you know you bring disley across the middle to pull the lin- linebacker and you have um Everett lockett, trailing. yeah you have lockett going out and running this dig route into the corner which freezes the cornerback and then yeah everett just comes across in, in a slant and there's you're just basically telling it's the almost defense, like it's almost like an inside um screenplay like an inside yeah. screen where it's, you know, you're usually set up the screen behind the line of scrimmage. You've got some guys out in front. Now you've just cleared space mm-hmm. by that design. And now it's- Everett's got a, like, he's, he's already in motion. He's flying down the field. He's got great speed for a tight end in motion. He's catching the ball and, and you're giving yeah. him all the option right at that moment to and make it, a play. Basically you're just looking at the way that play design is, is what are your keys as defense? Well, you got, Lockett's been eating you up. So he's like, um, you know, your first key and you, you know, you look at, at they're on, they're in the red zone. So you look at, at Disley and you're like, okay, he's probably a main target cause he's right in the middle. Um, and then you've got Everett who's a tight end on the way on the outside. So what are they doing with him? Or, you know, they, they're just, it just felt like they, they didn't know where the ball was going. They didn't know where the guys were going. It was a well-designed play in order to get Everett the ball uh with some space near the goal line so we can make the catch and get in uh and it was all done by design yes to get a guy open yes um and, it, and it how long has it been since you've seen a play like that designed in this offense um how far back do you have to go you'd have to go back to like 2014 um back when daryl bevel still trusted yeah, the offensive and line that, and, and but even things. then even then, you know, I yeah. think that you go back to even Holmgren, really, you know, and you get 
you get some really nice offensive play designs and so forth. Now, anyway, it's it's just awesome to see an offense executed by Russell Wilson. And this mm -hmm. is just the beginning. I'm so excited because those plays are designed. Those just aren't like happenstance things. They're well thought out, methodically thought out, all game they're setting those things up and then to have them execute that stuff and russell wilson to be able to get into the some of those plays um design wise look like they've got three options you know for russell wilson on every play it's not not like this is the only place he's got to go to the with the ball uh because yeah, the play the is specifically are... designed for that they're very layered so you've got a short yeah. immediate intermediate and long option and and all of the receiving options are spread out. They're all not bunched. Even if you start in trips, right, trips left, you're still spreading that thing out, spreading your mm -hmm. defense out, and allowing Russell Wilson to use his ability to get outside the pocket and maintain that poise and just pick apart a defense. I liked how often they they got they moved the pocket. They, they whether it was a bootleg or you know a thing where he he just takes the snap and and does that little half rollout or whatever just just they did that so often just to move the pocket and keep the defensive lineman from knowing you know what track to take to get to the quarterback because the quarterback could have been in a different spot and i just i plus wilson throws the ball in the run as well as anyone in the league and so you take advantage of that skill set and it just worked really well um, I will say that it wasn't perfect as a game. They, uh, you know, their their third down efficiency was pretty good at forty four percent, but that could could have been better. They had a couple of miscues. They had Wilson throwing the ball um, and hitting, you know, Freddie Swain, you know, in the knees rather than getting it up uh, where he could catch it on one third down. And then they had that screenplay to um, Metcalf that looked like it should have gone for a half a yeah, mile right, but right they but just instead, missed yeah. wilson wilson didn't like what he saw and threw it into the ground um but yeah. i think i think he i think wilson misread what was going on and and could have still gotten the ball to metcalf when he had three guys out in front of him three linemen um to you know give him a freeway uh to get going and 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 get down the sidelines so it there were some miscues there were some things that were not perfect the running game uh, despite great stats, there was a couple times when it bogged down. Chris Carson had that fumble, which certainly didn't help because that was an opportunity for them to put the Colts away early. Um, but even with all of that, playing against a good defense with a good defensive line, the solid, solid defense, um, I say, you know what? There's some things to clean up. But even if they didn't, ha it's not like, oh, well, they need to clean this up or they're going to be terrible. No. Even with all of the, the the miscues, they were still really good, and it, it's ah, man, it's going to be a fun year. It yeah, no, it was fun to watch. So Seahawks take care of the first one, beat the Colts twenty eight to sixteen on the road. One of the teams that possibly had a better on the road performance came out of our own conference with the Cardinals traveling to the Tennessee Titans and just whipping them mm -hmm. uh, at home. There, um, very. The amazing performances bad. yeah well chandler jones had five sacks mm -hmm. simmons was all over the place with like 11 tackles he looks like legit this year kyler murray had a great outing new hopkins had a great outing 
that team could be formidable if it all comes together for them. If the, the defense kind of comes together and the offense stays efficient and, and performing well, that could be a competition. But this next game, the Titans are on the road and come into Lumen Field for the first home game of the 2021 season uh, against the Seahawks. All the fans are going to be there. I can hardly wait to have those pass rushers unleashed uh, on the Titans and Tannehill uh, at home. Um, it's just going to be a great atmosphere and um, looking for another win uh, to come. Uh, so let's wrap this thing up for this show. Thanks for joining us, everybody. You're going to find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at MW Seahawk. Show is at Hawks Playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com has all of the shows and a whole bunch of other stuff. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. And of course, YouTube. Go onto our YouTube channel and subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a single show. And we're up to three shows a week now uh, for the duration of the season. So make sure you, uh, you subscribe. You don't miss one. So until next time, Keith, go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.